Hey, welcome to FQ, where we talk about faith, family, and friends. I'm Jacob. And I'm George. And welcome to this week's podcast. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast. It is May 20th, 2021. How's it going, George? <laughs> it's going, it's weird. <laughs> it's just weird, like, okay, the 18th was my brother's birthday. He just turned 40, and I'm like, I'm not this old. He's my younger brother. How old <laughs> like, are I'm you? Just, I'm 48. Oh, right. Uh, so this week before I almost ruined who the guest is. Um, so, so this week we have Brittany. Uh, she's also known as Someone Please on TikTok. Um, and hi, it's Brittany. Some, How's it going? It's some, the number, the number one, and then P-L-W-Z, right? Yeah. So I totally lied to Brittany. I told her you were like 45, and I was like, oh, you're Thanks. 48. <laughs> I told her you're short, though. I did I did tell her that. She, yeah. she can let you know that. <laughs> yeah, if you watch any of our TikToks that we do together, you'll see <laughs> the, the difference in height. <laughs> have to use Jacob's arm, arm to get it out there for us to both fit in the screen. <laughs> I can't do a I can't do a TikTok of the two of us. <laughs> so, Brittany, um, uh, what, uh, what brought you to TikTok? So we'll start um, there. Uh, my sister actually told me about it, so I downloaded it and then decided to start just doing videos. Okay, and I know you've you've made quite a few, and there's been some some bigger ones, but before we get into any of that, um, what was your childhood like? Like, did you grow up in a Christian home? What, what does that look like? Yeah, my parents, my parents uh, are Christian. Um, my dad, he, uh, my dad's a pastor. He wasn't always a pastor, but uh, he started pastoring about, was probably about 10 whenever he started pastoring a church. Uh, and what, sorry, we had a side okay. conversation. It made it a, a dead space. Sorry, everyone. Um, but uh, what was, so how was growing up in that home? So there's a Christian home, your dad's a pastor. How'd that look? like uh my parents were good my dad he my dad worked out of town for years and um my mom my mom worked and she needed help and so uh I would stay somewhere else uh in the home there it it wasn't it wasn't good at all in your Um, home no that the place that I stayed oh okay I feel like I missed something. She's talking about where. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm so sorry. George is off it tonight. I am. So you, you were with your parents and then I think we missed that. Yeah. No, um, my dad worked out of town. He was gone a lot. And my mom, my mom worked as well and she needed help. Uh, so I, I would stay at someone else's house and, um, it it was it wasn't good. The the environment was horrible. The man there was uh he was sick. Okay. It was really bad. And 
what do you mind if we you can tell us more in that if you want or do you just want to continue on with your story um like what would if if you don't mind you can say no or yes it's up to you like what was bad like he he was like a pedophile i can remember some things like you know vividly and then other things only like bits and pieces yeah uh I remember waking up and being in a closet with a belt. Oh, wow. And, yeah. He took a, a gun. It wasn't loaded, but he, I, he would pull the trigger over and over. Like, he thought that, you know. Yeah. That's, that's tough. Hell. Uh, and it was in that house. The first time that I had actually ever... Uh, started to hear voices um it the only way I can explain it is that it walked into the room where I was and it whispered it said uh, maybe if you could just stop breathing you could finally die uh and it was around that time that things started started getting really bad um as far as like my mental health I guess you could say went um I honestly believe that I picked up a demon from that place because it, it, it tormented me and I was at a place yeah. that I was being tormented. Um, it was literally like being inside of a dark cartoon. It was horrible. Uh, but at the age of 10 was when things really got bad. Yeah. Um, it would sit there and talk, tell me things that I had never heard of before. Uh, like, uh, hmm that I had childhood schizophrenia, and I was a kid, so I never heard of any of that. I didn't know what that was. That yeah. right there lets you know that you're dealing with a spirit, that it's another personality, um, and that my Wait, parents who, were going to lock. Who said that? Who, When you said someone said you had childhood schizophrenia? Like, whenever I started hearing voices, that, that sounds crazy, but yeah. it You don't sound crazy. <laughs> you're we We know what you mean, like... So she's talking about, uh, she said there was like a, a spirit, a demon. Right, right, right. Room, and that demon was what was talking to her. That's, her that's things. what I was asking. Like, is, was it the demon or did someone else, was it the the the, the guy in no, the house was, situation that you were in? Um, it was a demon. I, I think it was a demon. And, um, and at this time, obviously it was a huge struggle. What, what were you? Was your dad a traveling pastor at the time? No, my dad, he, he didn't travel and preach. He, uh, he worked out of town, and then around the age of 10 was whenever he started to come home, and uh, he, he started pastoring. But before that, he worked. He was gone a lot. Oh, okay. That makes, that makes sense. I was like, I'm sorry. Well, I'm just. <laughs> no, you're good. Like, <laughs> you're not. You're doing fantastic, just so you know. Um. So yeah, so he, he was traveling. You had these voices. What were you? What was your mom and dad saying at the time? Um, they knew something was seriously wrong. They didn't know what to do. Like they they prayed. They would take me to church. They would get other pastors, other preachers to come in and, and to pray for me, and you know, try to figure out what was going on. I mean, what parent wants to have their child locked up? You know. Yeah. 
Um, but they, I don't think that they realized how bad it had gotten. So I would like break into the medicine cabinet. <laughs> and again, I was a kid, so I had to work with what I had. And I would take anything to make me go to sleep or just to kind of knock myself out. But then um, I started hearing voices and they would wake me up out of a dead sleep. And most of the time yeah. they would make sense. But then it was like more voices started coming and they would talk and just, nonsense and it was almost like they would do it to torment me um and at that point I couldn't make it stop Uh, I started cutting myself on my thighs and on my arms um I would lay in the floor and like cry and beg God to just go ahead and kill me they would even tell me to kill myself that uh that God was gonna kill me or get rid of me um and that I would be doing God a service to go ahead and just kill myself Wow. Uh, and, wow. and again, I was a child. Like, how evil and sick like, is that? That right there lets you know. Mm, you were 10 years old at the time, right? Yes. This happened between the ages of 10 and, and 12. I'm sorry, 10 and 12. Um, yeah. And then at the age of 12 is whenever the Lord delivered me. Um, and so, but until then. I, I think people, and I mean, you can you let me know if I'm wrong or right, but. Obviously, the Bible says in John ten ten that the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and I I give you life and give you it more abundantly. Is basically what was happening was you're on the front side of, hey, the devil's here trying to kill, steal, and destroy everything in your oh, life. Yeah, because yeah. because God obviously had you know has a purpose for your life, and. The enemy wants to take us out in any way he can, and and going from being in a, I'm I'm only assuming a very abusive situation, you know, uh, and then having a, not knowing what's going on, and you're starting to hear voices and and that are telling you to do horrible things and telling you that you're even crazy. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine my ten year old daughter telling me that, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think I know what I would do, but I'm not, you know, I'm not sure yeah. that that's a scary thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and did, and did you, I guess if you continued on the story, um, did you actually find out, like, did your parents take you somewhere and you heard that again, like childhood schizophrenia? No. Oh, and okay. and that again, that's the thing. That right there lets you know yeah. that it was a, a demon involved, that it was another personality involved. Yeah. Um, whenever it talks to you about things that you do not know, like you know, that you've never heard of before. Yeah. Well, like I was even thinking, I was like, I've never heard of that before. So like I was <laughs> like, um, I'm like, is that a thing? I, I mean, like me and George are in in that kind of realm. And so that's why I was like, I've never yeah, I, I've heard that. I've I've heard it, but it's it's like one of those very. It's just a, a very rare thing, it, you know, um, and people don't want to diagnose a child with something like that because they don't really know. There's not their brain's not developed well enough to really figure those things out yet and see where they're at. So it's like there's there's you know some markers or whatever, but. That was definitely a, a demon, a sure. demon tormenting you. And 
Especially yeah. not, you know, hearing things that you just don't understand. Like, yeah. what does that even mean to a 10-year-old childhood schizophrenia? That, like, that to me, that's like, hey, this is something that, that, what was that? I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, go ahead. I believe that it wanted me to receive that, in other words, to Mm -hmm. take that on. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I would agree with that. <laughs> you know what's funny about that is as a 10-year-old, you're like, I have no freaking clue what you're talking about. And so in my mind, I'd be like, I mean, like, even if you look back now, you're kind of like, is that even kind of stupid? Because like, I never knew what that was. <laughs> and so at that yeah, time, but it, I wouldn't. Like, the enemy is yeah. so tricky, though, yeah. to plant something like that from, in your in your mind from being a little child Mm -hmm. to going through adulthood and like, and coming to the Lord and hearing legit things from the Lord that the Holy Spirit's telling you and what a, what a tool that the enemy can use then and go, no, you're just crazy. Remember childhood schizophrenia. Yeah. Like that, like that to me that like the devil's very crafty. And if you can put mm-hmm. that thought in a child's head, yeah, you know, like, you know, other things that we've had people on the podcast that happened to them as a child and, yeah, you know, th- things stick with you. There's, yeah, you know, like, so, yeah, obviously that stuck with you. You still, yeah. like, you remember that from being a 10-year-old oh, yeah. hearing something say that to you, you know, yeah. and. And so trying to bring that back and throw you off later. Yeah. That's, that's the enemy we have. Yeah. True. And so at this point you're 10, your dad moves back. And then what, what's happening now in your life at that um, point? It, things started to get, it got bad. My mom wanted to homeschool us, which was fine. But because of this, like when I should have been studying in my room, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't, there was no way. So I suffered in that area. Um, again, like it was, it was utter torment. It was like days and time just kind of ran together. Like you would lose track of days, in other words. Yeah. Um, most kids would be outside playing, and I would be in my floor rocking back and forth in hysterics. Like I, you literally could not make them stop. Uh, and then I started seeing this thing. It was hideous. One side of its face was white. The other side was black. Uh, and, and this is the thing. I was not the only one who saw this thing. There was another child that came inside my parents' house in hysterics. And my dad asked him what was the matter. And he said that there was a man on the side of the house watching him play. And when he described this thing, he described the thing that I had been seeing. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was hideous. Uh, and again, like you honestly would have to bear with me because days, like I literally lost track of time and, and days ran together. Um, but yeah, that I spent most of those years inside in hysterics or trying to get out of it somehow, some way. Yeah. So the enemy tried to, he, he robbed my childhood from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where the stealing. Still kill and destroy. Yeah. yeah. And so you went through 
basically on earth hell. Yeah. And then at 12 years old, your story seemed to go to a different route, right? Yeah, to the yeah. the life uh, more abundantly part yes. of that what oh, Christ yeah. gives us. So how how did what led up to that? Like what was cuz um usually I there's finally some gotten, critical yeah. things. I had gotten in the floor one night and I was like, God, if you're going to send me to hell, you're going to send me to hell serving you. Like, um, I, I want, I wanted to be a Christian, but you know, I was struggling because I thought that the Lord hated me and I wanted him to deliver me or to kill me because I couldn't, it was like utter torment. Like you can literally feel things crawling on you. It was awful. Like most people would cut themselves because they couldn't feel anything, but it was the opposite for me. I could feel too much. And it was kind of like, you ever hear people make that saying, choose another feeling? So that's yeah. what I was trying to do, was trying to find something to overpower what I was feeling. Yeah. Um, but I broke down and was like, something has to give. And one night uh, in church, a lady named Stacy Hefner, she began to pray with me and speak life into me. And, um, I, you know, again, at the time I was a child, so... Uh, but she planted a seed, and one day it was like the Lord spoke to me and showed me that hell had an agenda, but heaven's agenda was way bigger, that Amen. there was a job to do. And he spoke to me on a level that I could understand as a child. He he told me to ignore the enemy, to ignore him. You know, in, in the Bible it says to resist the devil and he will flee. Well, yeah. as a child, I didn't really understand that, but I did understand ignore him. And yeah. um, God literally took me by the hand, and he walked me out of hell at 12 years old. And I believe that the Lord allowed it because at the age of 13 and 14, um, my dad put a mic in my hand, and I started preaching. So I think God allowed that for a reason, so that I could learn to take authority over the enemy and what that was about. Yeah, yeah that's sure. awesome. That's so cool. And So, so how would you start? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. How'd you start preaching? So, you know, you, you come to the Lord, like in an amazing way. And then you're, like you said, your dad puts a mic in your hand and you started preaching. Was that at age 12? No, you said 14, right? Yeah. Between 13 and 14 was whenever, um, I started getting behind the pulpit and literally it was like, you just get up there and you open up your mouth and it just comes out. (laughs) Yeah, so, so, like, how did, how did that go, though? Like, what was your, you know, do you remember, like, any of, of your messages, any of your sermons? Like, what, uh, you know, a 13, 14-year-old? No, yeah. Uh, honestly, it wasn't quite like that, but it would be, like, during testimony service. So he'd call me up there and just put the mic in my hand, and I would just go at it. <laughs> like, literally, just get up there, you start talking about the goodness of the Lord, and then whatever you know, whatever direction that the Lord wants you to go in, you just go in that direction. Sweet. Awesome. So one thing, I, I don't know if you want to dig into it, but from that, that original house, um, how, cause there's going to be people on here who've struggled with the same thing yeah. and hearing this podcast right now. Um, how did you forgive those people at that house for all the bad stuff that happened or is that still a work in progress? What does that look like? Mm. I think that it is a work in progress. I pray for their soul. Yeah. And for 
the other people's soul because how can you have uh, someone go into a room with a little girl and you don't think anything about it? Like, you know, yeah. not it, it, a bell didn't go off in your head to tell you that something was wrong. Yeah, for sure. And do your parents know all about that now? No. No. I can't. Like, I, that's a conversation that I don't think I could have with them. Yeah. Not because I have anything against them, and it's not their fault, but that's just, I can't explain it. It's easier to talk to a complete and total stranger about it than it is to talk to somebody that you're, you know, yeah, close with. So your parents have no idea that this no. is going on. No. Which probably would have made it easier for them to help me if they yeah. would have known, but, you know. Yeah. For sure. I, I, I just can't imagine, like, I not being, like, even feeling that not being able to tell anyone, you know. Yeah, I'm I mean, sure there's a honestly, lot of fear involved. Oh, yeah. You, you, you take it on yourself, like, you know. I can yeah. handle this kind of thing. Yeah. Or because you, you are ashamed, like, you feel like you are filthy. Like, I started starving the crap out of myself around 11 years old. Like, I, I mean, it, it, I went downhill. It, it got bad. It was like you, you literally feel like you cannot get it. Like, you're covered in filth and you can't get it off. Nothing you can do can get it off. Wow. And so to come out about that, you know, and, and again, you don't understand what all that stuff is that's happening. Like you're a kid, you, you know? Yeah. And it, so now when you, like you said, you tell your story to complete strangers. I mean, you don't really know us. I know you've talked to Jacob more and you just met me today, but um, do you think you'll ever be able to, to talk to your parents about that or, you know, um, or even hearing your testimony is more and more people are hearing your testimony. And I, you know, they might, they might end up hearing about it. I know that they probably will. And honestly, like for them to hear it and for me to not have to sit face to face with them and tell them it would probably be easier. So but if they hear it, um, through this or any other way, then, It'll be okay. Wow. Oh. I just, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I feel so just heartbroken for you and yeah. also grateful at the same time that the Lord pulled you out of that. Um, yeah. I mean, how did you end up really getting out of that situation? I just, you dig your heels in and you pretty much come to a place where you're like, God, I don't have anything to offer you, but this, and if you can do anything with it and have at it and you, you just get in there, you make up your mind. Like he would tell me things like I never heard of blasphemy. I didn't know what that was. And so it would tell me things like, Oh, what if you've committed the, how do you say the unpartable? Sin. Yeah, the, unfor- the correct un- word. Yeah, unpardonable or unforgivable yeah. sin. Yeah, like it would tell me things like that. And again, I was a child. I had never heard. Like I didn't know what that was. Um, 
So it would tell me to, that I was hopeless to go ahead and kill myself. Mm. And I, again, I just dug my heels in and I was like, God, this is, this is all I have to, it didn't happen overnight for me. I didn't get yeah. delivered overnight, but he walked me through it. Yeah. And even I, man, <laughs> this is a heavy podcast. Um, I'm sorry. No, it's good. It's so good. And I appreciate you being so real with us. And I, I know other people will too. And you just reminded me like of something that when you talked about filth and feeling disgusting that I just remember hearing like, I don't know if you ever heard it in children's church, but it's like, Hey, you're going to be washed like snow and clean cleansed of it. And the two verses that I was thinking of that it wasn't quite that one because I couldn't find it, but uh, somebody you can, (laughs) Uh, write us on our Facebook or something. Let me know. Uh, but first John one seven says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us of all our sins. And then first John one nine also says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And I, and you, I, I mean, wow. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, <laughs> the enemy is so, like, just hearing your story, it's like, or, or just, ju- we've just scratched the surface of your story, I should say. Yeah. And just hearing this much of it really makes me go, you know, people, if you're listening, if you've gone through anything like this, God is very real. Yes, and just call out to him. Call out on the name of Jesus and ask him to be there for you. And it may not happen in an, in an instant. And it may take a long time to be healed of, of those things. But God's a healer. Yeah. And I think sometimes people even go to the preference of this whimsical, like God who, Hey, he, all God does is joy and you're going to have fun and it's going to be a blast, but God will walk with you through the fire. Just like you said, Brittany, and definitely what he does provide is peace Mm -hmm. and it's peace past our understanding. And it's a lot of that whole, um, Hey, this really, this really sucks, God. And God goes, "Yeah, I'm with you, though." Yeah. And you're like, oh, "I feel better," like because all of us have a story, all of us have a path. But man, Brittany, it, it's it's awesome to see how how much God can walk through the fire with you. Yeah, I, he's faithful. I how did I, I guess when I you know when I said how did you get out of the situation? How did you get out of Get away from that house. Like he actually had moved. Okay. He moved. Um, now he didn't move like out of the city, but he moved out of that house. So I didn't have to mm. deal with him. Wow. Yeah. So God removed that situation. Then you were dealing with this other one, hearing you know, hearing 
the best way that I could describe it is just hearing the enemy, you know, tormenting yeah. you and speaking things to you. And then you just have this amazing, uh, um, conversion basically, or not like, but really having God pull you out of that fire. And I know we, we, as Christians, you know, some of the Christianese is, Oh, he pulled me out of that fire. But like, he literally like pulled you out of that that fire like in that yeah. you know how you how you saw it and it just yeah. that's just awesome how just like he does come for us and pull us out of that grave like you were being tormented and wanted to be put in that grave and he was like nope I have so much more for you so fast forward from there or like I mean yeah you know fourteen years old you're you're given testimonies. And, you know, um, where, where'd you go? I didn't really speak there? about any of this, but, um, yeah, I, I would get up there and just open up my mouth and begin to talk about the goodness of the Lord. And then he would lead me and guide me. Um, and then around probably 16, 17 years old, I started to grow extremely cold in the Lord. Um, I met my husband and started partying and drinking and things went downhill even like worse. I mean, I didn't hear voices or, you know, that thing did not come back. Thank God. Um, but I started, uh, dibbling and dabbling in drugs and alcohol and, um, if you don't, other things, if you don't mind me asking, um, so you had this experience of God were preaching. And then when you went to that, to drinking and, basically like drinking drugs, sex, rock and roll kind of thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, what I guess where I guess some people might be listening. Cause we do have teenagers that listen to this podcast too, is what, what took you that route? Because I know George has had kind of a similar experience and I know I have mm-hmm. had a different experience. So, <laughs> um, so like, we all have different experiences in this, in this room. And so I guess like in my mind, like where did the disconnect happen with you? And cause you said you grew cold with God. What, Honestly, what, what happened, you know, or growing up in church and like having your, like my dad, he is as real as it gets. Like what you see is what you get. Like dude, he walks with the Lord. But, I mean, we, we've seen a lot of things in church. You see people that yeah. that say that they're a Christian, and they, they do stuff, and you're like, what the heck? Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. It's just <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> it, it honestly, it does. It messes with your head a little bit, and you just kind of, it's kind of like, well, if they can, you know. If they can God, go do I don't all know that how stuff. To, yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it is a slow fade. Like you cannot dibble and dabble in drugs and alcohol and think that if you give the enemy an inch, he will take a mile. You cannot give him an inch. You've yep. got to stay in the word. You've got to stay connected with the Lord. Because um, again, I mean, you you can't leave your door unlocked, leave your house, and think that it. You know, if a robber's in town, he won't try to break into your house. I mean, you've got to, you you got to stay in this thing. Uh, so for me, it was a slow fade, and it, it went, it, I went downhill. But then the Lord began to call me back. I, I started having all these dreams about, um, as crazy as it sounds, uh, about uh, the Lord pretty much seeking restoration to me. 
And the Lord began to stir up such a hunger in my soul. And then I ran across uh, Todd White, his ministry. And, um, and yeah, the Lord really used that dude in my life. Uh, I actually met Todd White. So (laughs) that's really really cool. Yeah. He went to my, he's really connected to my Bible college. And so I actually got to meet him. And to be, what's funny is like, I didn't know who he was i like because he's like a like a surfer looking dude with dreads yeah. and you're like dude are you from pod <laughs> and if you don't know who pod is anybody well go look him up <laughs> or maybe you could look up disciple when they had dreads i don't know um but yeah <laughs> so you you started looking into todd white which is a lot of he's a lot of prayer deliverance that mm-hmm. kind of stuff yeah, and just seeing the way that he ministered, like, I don't know, it was something about it, and I just... It's really like, raw. The Lord just, yeah, oh yeah, real and just genuine. Something about that dude was so real and genuine, yeah. and uh, God really used him. He began to call me back, and then my husband and I took a trip to Alabama. I was probably, oh Lord, I don't even know, 20, in my late 20s. And well, middle twenties, late twenties. Uh, the like... Lord began to speak. <laughs> the Lord began to speak to me and to tell me that um, He was going to do a quick work, and then He kept speaking the word uh, speedily. Like in other words, He was going to fast track some things. And um, at first, I was kind of like, eh, "God is with you," and I kid you not. Within the next year or two, um, my parents had approached me about becoming a youth pastor. So literally, God will restore you, and he will literally put you where you are supposed to be. Like, I believe that I am where I'm supposed to be, even if I would not have backslid. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, God, I don't think that God will skip a process, no. But I do believe that God can fast-track some things. Like, you might say some things, they may hit you really, really fast, but God's doing a work. Yep. Yep. And so... You're a youth pastor now. Um, how how has that been for you? Is your is your husband a pastor with you, or is it just you? Um, he he helps, uh, but it, it um, me and my brother we, we get in there and we work with the youth. My I asked my brother to be my assistant youth pastor. <laughs> um, he's great. He's he, he really is great. He has an amazing testimony as well. That's awesome. How old is your brother? He is 20, I think he's 25, 25 or 26, something like that. And was, was he in the same situation with you or no? Uh, or does he know your I, story? I should say. Uh, I, actually, I, um, yeah, that, um, he, he knows that. I straight up told some of my siblings that I wouldn't really put them out there like that. Say that again. You broke up. I'm sorry. I I told my siblings that I wouldn't um put them out there like oh okay like, oh, that's, yeah no that's oh, fine. Sorry. That's no, fine. you're good no <laughs> no, yeah. no you're right <laughs> no no I just I didn't know if they knew your story I I wasn't yeah okay <laughs> so uh, definitely. You guys have all had an experience, and I mean, this is kind of your nonchalant way of 
opening up about it. Like, is there, is there anything that you would want to tell them that you never told them before? Like your fa- your parents or whatever. Um, I, I'm not mad at them. Like, I don't blame them at all. I think that they, that they did what, you know, what they knew to do. They did the best that they could. And none of that was their fault. I mean, honestly, I had a lady make a comment on my video and she was like, how do we stop this from happening? How do we prevent this from happening to our kids? And the truth of the matter is, is that it's people that are the closest to your children that you would never think that would do something like this. And for my parents, yeah. I don't think that they would have ever thought that this was going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, for real, watch your children. Like, even if you think that you can trust people, uh-uh. Like, keep your kids close. Yeah. And so, if you don't mind me asking, because we both are parents. Yeah. <laughs> so... And we both have girls. And so one thing that I think like for us or as parents, or if you're going to be a parent, what, if you can think back, what would have opened the door maybe for you to be open with your parents about the situation? Like if there was anything, cause I mean, um, e- even now, honestly, don't like, if you can't, you know how some parents kind of flip out at the bat, at the drop of a hat, in other words, whenever it comes to, I mean, rightfully so, because that it is extremely upsetting. But don't flip out to a sense to where your child thinks that they're going to get in trouble for it. Yeah. Like, you're a kid. You, you can't help what's going on. Yeah. yeah. And did you and, you, know, did you feel that way? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was scared to tell them. Cause I didn't want to like get a whipping, you know, you think that you're going to get in trouble for, for that. Because even as a child, you understand something's wrong, even though you don't fully understand what's going on, you know, there's something seriously wrong with it. Yeah. I, th- I think that's, I don't know what Bible verse it is, but it says that the law is written on our hearts. And so even as a kid, God's law is written on our, your heart and is definitely like, Hey, I know right from wrong. Even if I, yeah. Try to be a butthole to my parents or <laughs> to my yeah. siblings or whatever. Um, and so, I I mean, this this is going to be digging a little bit deeper, so you can tell me no or not. But as as an adult, uh, why why has that still been, like, that door not open to let them know? Because, I mean, uh, for us even, he's he's got adult kids. <laughs> there was something what would what would you say to even i guess because you're still working through that like yeah yeah um i think that my dad is extremely calm but my mom is not so if a parent can't handle that and your kid sees that they're gonna try to like in other words protect you and not just that but there is a there still is shame behind that like you still are embarrassed like even before this podcast the enemy has tormented the crap out of me for the past few weeks um yeah i mean we we've talked about some of the things that was being said and, and you know some of the things that was happening and even as a grown-up like you still feel fear like what if what if i you know, what if, I, I can't even, I don't even have the word for it. 
I mean, it, it, it torments you. It's still torment. Yeah. And, and just from a, a parent perspective, you know, um, cause it, um, finding out from your almost adult kid or, you know, um, it's still like, I, uh, for me, I was, I was mad, but not at my, not at my kid, but I was mad at the situation and that I didn't know and I couldn't protect him. Cause as parents, yeah. that's what we feel our, you know, that's what our job <laughs> is. We're, we're there to guide and, and protect our children. Yeah. And when something like that happens, it's so devastating because you didn't know and you didn't protect them and you thought you were. Yeah. You know, you thought you were doing all the right things and meeting, a, you know, meeting other people, meeting the parents and, you know, and, and thinking everything's fine and, and uh, you find out that it wasn't, you know, it's. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's another thing. I don't want them to carry that. I, I don't want them to have that on their shoulders. But can I ask you, George, as a parent, and this, I'm not trying to put I, you on the spot, Brittany. I just want to know since it's. I'm. I think that I'm. I can't say that I'm glad that I know, but I'm. But I am. You know, I think that it can bring healing for the person when they can make that speakable. Um, yeah. Because it's it, you know, and and I think that it did. I think there was some healing in it. And I was able to, you know, comfort my kid and, and, uh, just cry with him, you know, and, and apologize to him because I, even though I didn't do anything yeah, and I didn't, you know, I didn't, you know, put him in the, uh, situation. the situation necessarily, but you know, you still feel sort of responsible, but yeah. now you know, now that's not something that's in between us anymore that that's, you know, um, that can hinder the relationship and, and there can be healing there. I think even more healing. And, and if you like, if you want to tell your parents, Hey, I, I did this podcast and I'd really like you to listen to it. And I would like to talk to you afterwards. I would encourage you to do that. Um, and I think, I think that could bring healing to you and, and to your parents because they, they know something, you know, they, they, I'm sure there, there's some kind of intuition that they, they feel that they know that there's something there that is, you know, kind of still, there's a burden. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're holding on to a burden and I mean, and I, like, like I said, this isn't like a bad thing, but like, I feel like, like that, yeah. that burden of like, man, like that, that's tough. And I just want to encourage you, Brittany, that like, even, even going through those super hard things and those tough things that you can do it. Like, and you know, that with God, that maybe this is that, that door that need to be kicked down for you and that, 
you can just let the healing in because, I mean, I know are, we're talking you're about carrying it. around you're that still, burden. That's just such the you're carrying the this weight. <laughs> it's almost like carrying an anchor around your neck, and you're trying to swim, but it's it's still it's still there. Like some of the burden, right? Yeah. And I I think that. That like even even knowing like your life is definitely you're a Christian you you love Jesus and doing all that stuff I'm not saying any of that but yeah. what what I'm saying is like the enemy is still trying to get at you and this is a huge step for you and that letting uh, I guess the biggest thing is like letting the healing in is something that somebody told me once that like when are you gonna not and I'm not telling you this I'm telling myself this and anybody listening is that when are you going to try to stop being me which God is telling us when are you going to stop trying to be me and let the healing in let be free let the chains be broken let let those bondages be let go because right now you they there's still and you can tell me I'm completely wrong it just feels like there's hooks there's still hooks that are are on you that you're like well I feel the burden that I can't tell my parents I feel the burden that I can't freely just say what I want to say and get rid of this trash yeah there's still a bondage almost that's there like there's something you're saved but there's something still heavy yeah yeah and and that's not your weight to carry that is and i might just be feeling because this room feels real full of the holy spirit right now (laughs) um but like that's not that's not our burden to carry and for you Brittany, that's not your burden to carry and it's not your parents burden either like it but it is something that if you if you just let them know that it can yeah it can let that burden fall from your shoulders and their shoulders and you know bring the healing in and it and it's it's like carrying luggage that you don't need <laughs> and you're you're toting it around and you're like why am i carrying this luggage it's so annoying it's it's one of those things where like i said like it's time to let the healing in Brittany. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just good moment. Yeah. So, yeah, I I, I don't know <laughs> where to go from there, Brittany. But that's just really what I feel God's telling you is like it's time, it's not time to let it go. And I'm not saying like, hey, go ahead and throw your whole beans out in this podcast. And so I'm saying at all. I'm saying like, whatever that means to you. And if it checks it's okay with your to spirit lay it down. and all that. Yeah. Does does that I guess meet meet you where you're at kind of thing? Yeah, because um like through all of this it was almost like the Lord was showing me that you know, even though I was trying to run from my childhood, I can't run from it. That it's still there. That there are things that have not been dealt with. Um yeah. 
and I I don't know. <laughs> like we 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 barely know you, but something that I always like love to tell people and I feel encouraged by God to tell certain people is that something that I tell kids who or youth or adults who are really struggling is that something God reminds us of is that we're priceless, we're valued, mm-hmm. and that he loves us. And I just feel like that that's fits this moment that yeah. that that's for you, Brittany. Like God loves you, he values you, and you are so priceless. Yeah, and anyone who's going through something like this or has gone through it, there's healing at the cross. There's healing in Jesus. There ain't no more to that. He just walks through the fire with you. Yep. Brittany, you got anything else? Oh. No. <laughs> Sorry to put you. Are, up you are you all right? You okay? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm good. Well, we we totally appreciate you being so real with us and so so raw about some of these things. Yeah. And well, thank you for the opportunity. Well, we're definitely gonna have you back on because <laughs> I don't think oh. this is where your this, story ends. This, this is, is where it begins. No. <laughs> Like I said, we just scratched the surface of your story and I'm, I'm hoping to, you know, I am following you on TikTok now and, and, uh, been enjoying your TikToks. Um, you've got some such great stuff to say, um, and just encourage people. Um, so continue in that and. Yeah. And also, um, if you ever need anything or need to reach out, you could always reach out to us. Uh, you just met <laughs> two lifelong friends that uh, are in your corner and going to be praying for you. Yeah. Thank you. And so I think this is probably a fantastic time to end the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Brittany, I don't know if you listen to all of Ray's podcast, but this <laughs> is the part where we ask our guests to pray us out of the podcast. All right. Um, all right. Well, Lord, if there is anybody watching or listening to this and they are struggling and they're being tormented in their minds, we come against the spirit of torment and we take authority over that thing. We bind it up and we rebuke it. We release peace to their minds in the name of Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Amen. Amen. Amen.